Powered by Rev Media in partnership with TSN. This is episode, I want to say 19 or is it 20, Rick? Season 5 You're asking of the me? Rain Driggs podcast. <laughs> right. oh, I can't, even, I can't yeah. even get the thing, the right start time. You're asking me. I, I'm going to call numbers. it 20. I don't think I made the adjustment. So I'm going to say it's 20. Okay. I like and it. If we're I wrong, like it. Yeah. Presented by our title sponsor, Canadian Club Whiskey. And, and look, you know, basically every segment I do for insider trading on TSN or obviously the Randregs podcast, here I am in my home studio. And I often get the question about the Canadian Club 45, which is mm. over my right shoulder. And I've got the 44 over here, as I know you do as well, right? And you're on the road. You're, you're in yep. Carolina, set here yes. on a Thursday night for big tilt there. Um, so the 44 is, is basically, it's almost consumed. I think that there's maybe one more oh, yeah. hearty drink in there. The 45, I don't know what you're like. I haven't opened it yet. And, no. and it's like a fine wine. And I, I, I guess I'm looking for that special occasion, wherever that special occasion is. Maybe it's Christmas with the family around. I don't know. But we've had, like I've had that 45 rolled on the shelf for over a year, I think. Close to a year, and I can't bring right. myself to open it because it's it's that special. Are you that kind of finicky when it comes to things like this? No, I'm not because I look at guys that have these vintage cars, yeah, and they park them in their garage, and they never drive them. They just they're just there, mm -hmm. and so like I guess they bring their buddies out and go, "Hey, look at my cars," and everyone goes, "Hey, great, nice car." <laughs> And you might as well just take a picture of it and put it on your wall. Like, what? what's the point of Dregs? That I'm not at the 45 yet. I got a little more in my 44 than you do. But okay. just keep the box. Consume. It's, it. it's, it's going to be amazing. You know it is. Yeah. But consume. Share it. I will. I will. It just feels like you're a grandpa already. I understand that. And yeah, you're going to yeah. be a, a grandpa again. It yes. feels like that type of a moment, the 45, the birth of a child, a wedding, something that significant. That's how. See, you're not wrong, though. You're not wrong. By the way, but Ray, I don't think you're going to wait that long. I don't. Probably not. Yeah. Geez, that, let's hope not, because that'll be a while. Um, CC is introducing the first release of the Canadian Club Invitation Series as well. We're looking forward to this. It's the CC 15-year-old <clears throat> cherry cask. And, you know, yeah. it's the signature classic 12-year-old whiskey finished with that secondary aging, which is unique and delicious in the Oloroso sherry cask. So all the hallmarks, Ray, of the classic Canadian Club with the added richness and sweetness of sherry and off the top of the pot i mentioned that you're in in carolina and for those right. who are watching on the youtube channel what a backdrop and, and i mean it, it's glorious you see the the changing of the seasons in north carolina it looks beautiful behind you yeah you know drags i often tell you i don't notice things as quickly as i should okay pulled the curtains open this morning doing my thing didn't even notice it no idea <laughs> sat down with the camera and turned, I'm like, wow, that looks like a painting, but it's not. But yeah. I didn't even notice it when I was looking out. I'm like, oh, it's a parking lot, you know. Yeah. Like, didn't even notice it. Well, the I avid be followers, more aware. the I avid followers more. of the podcast would recall the story that you told, where you lock yourself out of your hotel room naked. Sure. Yeah. So the the fact that you're 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 not paying attention to what's going on outside in North Carolina is probably 
uh, fair in the world of rave. Yeah, it's it, it's it's not it's not a rare event. That's for sure. <laughs> All right. Well, Tim Hortons has some tasty <clears throat> beverages, as we know, baked goods oh, yeah. on their menu for the holidays right now, Ray. Uh, we all need to try the new alcoholic, non-alcoholic Bailey's flavored Tim Hortons classic. Get that right, mister. I got to get that right. It's the new non-alcoholic Bailey's flavored Tim Hortons classics. Like Bailey's cream coffee. It's a delicious classic taste of Tim's original blend infused with a flavor of Bailey's and cream. Who's not going to want that? Wide variety of holiday drinks and your personal favorite, the baked goods, always available only at Tim's. All right, so tough story this week, right? And it's it's still a developing story. The saga that is Corey Perry forced out of the Chicago Blackhawks organization. You know, placed on waivers for termination of contract. Clears, contract will be terminated. Now, in fairness, the NHL Players Association does have 60 days to file a grievance and battle back on Corey's behalf. So we'll we'll wait and see if the PA intends on doing that. Kyle Davidson, the general manager, Ray, of, of the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, I mean, I watched his media availability on Tuesday, and I can appreciate how difficult this, this whole thing is for Kyle, for the Hawks as an organization. There were a couple of times through his media avail where he had to stop. He had to compose himself. He was that emotional just because of the sensitivity of this entire story. The I'll use his word. The disgusting display on social media, right, of, of how the, the Bedard family was targeted. And it just took on a life of its own, which we don't need to discuss here. Um, but good on Davidson and the Hawks for acknowledging that the situation around Corey Perry does not involve another Hawks player or his family. But he stopped short after that. He couldn't answer any of the questions, which suggests, given you know, my experience that obviously there's a lot more coming. So I don't even know, how do we make sense of this from a hockey perspective? Or does hockey even matter in terms of what was expected bringing Corey Perry in and now what you don't have and and all of the negativity that one more time swirls around an organization of the Chicago Blackhawks that has had more than its share of Mm -hmm. earned negativity in the last 15 to 20 years? Why? Well, I, I think for uh, a, a lot of stories that are, you know, that are a similar nature, I'll say, is that it, there's a certain point where the, um, the impact on the sport, the team, the game, uh, becomes the second part of the story. I, I don't really recall much in the last few days uh, discussion of of that no it's no. about everything else yeah and um i i assume they're saying what they can yeah at this point um whatever that might be we can all speculate and chit chat and I, I mean i'm in the toronto airport yesterday i got three guys come up to me in the walk from one gate to the other saying yeah asking about it like like I like I would know something and a if I did a and b if I did know something I would tell them right. um but I I don't I I'm like everybody else I don't I don't know and so to sit and speculate on it is it's kind of yeah. you know it, it it's irrelevant it, it doesn't matter what 
what you think you might have heard from a fourth hand source it doesn't it doesn't matter it's it's lousy what, whatever yeah. it is it's lousy and yeah. you know if you're interested in the in the results uh or or what really happened eventually i guess it probably gets out and, or gets yeah. disclosed somewhere yeah but uh, in in the meantime it there's nobody to ask there's no like not not from not from where I stand anyway. No, and and you're you're bang on. Let's just let it play out. Let's let's let the the players' association, the National Hockey League, the Blackhawks, everyone involved, manage the situation. And if there's more information, and inevitably there will be information that that does resurface or surfaces. Okay, well then we'll respond at that point. But to 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 even give any credence to the seedy underbelly of social media <laughs> is a ridiculous injustice. So, all right, well, let's leave it at, at that. So back on the ice now for a moment, Davidson pivots. Anthony Beauvillier, formerly of the Vancouver Canucks, has been on the trade block for a lengthy period of time, right? Vancouver has the luxury of, of too many wingers. Connor Garland's name has been out there for a while. Beauvillier, those are the two that, you know, kind of been the focus of trade target. So he quickly makes the move, gives up a fifth round pick, which that's fine. You know, he needed a player. Mm -hmm. He gets a, an experienced player in Beauvillier and the Vancouver Canucks get some cap flexibility. So what is Chicago getting based on what you've seen in Anthony Beauvillier? Well, he seemed like he was in, he was kind of in the wrong place in Vancouver. He was playing on their fourth line. So for a player that needs to produce probably 30 plus points a year, he wasn't going to do it there. Um, I think he's got two goals in 21 or two games. They were both in that 10-1 win in San Jose. It's like he needed to be in a place in a lineup that they couldn't give him the place. And that does happen across the league where a player is – in the wrong spot like yeah. it, it, like in the lineup there's just not room where he's going to be most effective and so for vancouver they you know they picked him up in the trade uh the horvat trade which turned into horvat and then that first that went for heronic so he was part of that whole deal vancouver gets four million bucks in cap space prorated yeah. for the first two months of the year but um Chicago's going to get a guy. They're going to play in the middle of their lineup. And mm -hmm. for Beauvillier, I, it's probably a good move. It really is. And for the Canucks, it's a really good move because yeah. they'd like to add a defenseman. And they're going to have a couple guys coming back off of L LTIR in, I don't know, by Christmas time, I suppose. Mm -hmm. I think that's where Carson Soucy is supposed to be back. And Pew Suter's got a an undetermined timeline so far, but you know, you're going to need cap space for that too. Are you still looking at a right shot, you know, for the Vancouver Canucks? I mean, we've connected, the insiders have connected Chris Tanoff. I mean, he seems like he'd be a good fit in Vancouver, but you know, you can go across the board on some of the, the names that are out there. Sean Walker comes to mind, right? With mm -hmm. the, the, the Philadelphia Flyers. He's a good player. Contract, good player. Some people yeah. worry a little bit about the size. He's, you know, yeah. 5'11", but He's been effective. He 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 really has been. Um, Labushkin's well, think, name's out I there. I mean, where do you see the fit? I think. To, to, sorry, I think Tanev is, you know, is an easy connection because he's been here before, and um, 
you know, it's easy to imagine him and Quinn Hughes playing together. That would allow Hironic to drop into a, a secondary pair, even though Hughes and Hironic have been so great together. I mean, really good. Yeah. Who knows if you're able to get Tanev, maybe you play him on another pair. Like, and you don't break up Hughes and Hironic. What, one thing they've done in Vancouver a lot is they've shuffled their pairs around in game quite a bit. So you end up with the two big guys, Hughes and Hironic, out there for 23, 4, 5 minutes a night. Mm-hmm. But I, I think Vancouver is, um, like a couple of other teams, they're, they'd like to add a defenseman for sure. Sure. I, yeah. I, I think they would. And, um, you know, given what Calgary has and has said, they they seem to be the most obvious target for for not just Vancouver but for Toronto and for yeah. some other teams as well. Yeah, I mean the Leafs are definitely in that mix, and now they've lost Mark Giordano uh, for an extended period of time, I believe, with a, a broken thumb. Um, news on John Klingberg likely going to surface in the next couple of days. He's seeing a specialist in New York, and if he needs surgery, then he's done for the year, which. You know, clearly Brad Treloving is going to try and add something, but puts you in a real tight spot, right? You know, you're basically a quarter into the regular season mm-hmm. and you got to, you know, hey, Craig Conroy doesn't have a gun to his head. You know, he doesn't have to trade those guys just yet if he doesn't love the market or, you know, Patrick Galdi <coughs> or Brad Treloving, mm-hmm. you know, aren't in a position where they want or, or need to overpay. So, We'll see. It's getting pretty thin in Toronto right now. (laughs) Yeah, but here's the thing. So Conroy's sitting there at the head of the table. Yeah. And he knows he's got at least these two teams that that we just talk about now, Calgary or uh, Toronto and and Vancouver, looking at his defensemen. And so he's in an enviable position, Craig Conroy is. He's got the assets. Yeah. He can – in his own mind, say, yeah, you're offering this, but they're offering that. Right. And then I, he right. can take the second offer and go back to the first offer. He, you gotta, and you got to be careful if you're Alvin or Treliving that you don't end up paying wildly mm-hmm. because of the timing of this. And maybe you wait a little bit to see if another player springs loose in a, in a place yeah. you don't think of right now. Like that, that easily could happen too. Yeah. Well, here's a little tidbit for you. I heard this earlier this week. Uh, I may talk about it later on Insider Trading, but Noah Hannafin in connection to the New York Islanders. That would be yep. such a Lou Lamorello move, right? Because, and, and not only do you make that trade, however you make that trade, and I'm not suggesting there's a deal imminent. I just know that the Islanders are one of the teams connected to Calgary on Noah Hannafin. But you know, you, you, you trade for them and then you extend them immediately. Right. That's Mm -hmm. it's, it's Pat Brisson working at his finest, which is Mm -hmm. what he did with, with Dubois and sending him to the LA Kings. And Oh, by the way, here's the extension that comes with the Mm -hmm. player. So um, yeah, I mean, I'd be curious to see what the Islanders would have to give up for Noah Hannafin. If, if he ends up being, I'm I'm doing the Islander game today. Yeah, uh, you know yeah. they in Carolina they just picked up Mike Riley on waivers. Mm-hmm. They got Simon Bolduke, uh, Pulak's a good player. They've got Grant yeah. Hutton up. Like they're patching a defense together. Adam Pellick's out for a long period yeah. of time. They miss him a lot. Yeah, and so you know Hannafin's from the East. He's from Boston. Makes sense, and, right? Oh yeah. yeah, 
Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's revisit the, the, the Maple Leafs and, and the Florida Panthers on Tuesday night. I mean, for a low-scoring game where Austin Matthews didn't do much, Mitch Marner takes a puck in the face, comes back with a cage. I mean, the big boys for Toronto were, were just okay. Um, Toronto's compete level got better as the game went on. We saw some things in this game, though. Sheldon Keefe absolutely loses his mind on the bench and goes after Tyler Bertuzzi specifically after Noah Gregor scores the the tying goal. But what I want to touch on was the shootout. Have you ever seen what we saw? So Evan Rodriguez thinks he's got the the shootout winner for the Florida Panthers. Uh, Joe Wall is gone. He's in the Leafs' room already. Game over, pucks in the net. You know, Florida wins, gets the extra point. Right. Um, obviously, whether it's the Situation Room or the Toronto video people, they quickly pick up on the fact that there was the double tap. So Rodriguez takes the shot. It goes off Wool's pad, like what, quarter of an inch maybe? And then rebounds off Rodriguez's stick and crosses the goal line. So they call the play back on the double tap. Have you ever seen that? I haven't seen that before. No, I've I've seen somebody quickly shoot a rebound. Yeah. But the two um the two main participants, Wool <laughs> and Rodriguez, they had no idea. None. None. And so the, like and it looked kind of, it didn't even look strange really. Sometimes things look strange <laughs> and you go, "Oh, I need another look at that." But when they came back, with the re with the replay, you're like, oh yeah, that's a like right away. It was so obvious when you saw it. Yeah, right. But in live time, like as I said, neither of those guys had any idea because if Wolf thought there was even a chance, he would have just stayed in the net. Yeah, he was in. Noah Gregor said he was in the locker room, and Morgan Riley was calling him back, and then they went. He had to shoot. <laughs> like I, I think it it was all. I don't know. It was it was entertaining as heck, man. Like, and then of course, you know, Paul Maurice makes it more entertaining. Is it good? So good. Is it good? Well, screw <laughs> <to> you. <laughs> he was a beauty. <clears throat> uh, there's something about Toronto for a lot of teams, and and Maurice obviously being a former Toronto Maple Leafs coach, maybe maybe that just accentuates or heightens his level of. Entertainment, if you will, because he's so animated on the bench. He really, truly is. And, and you're talking about the end of the game where, oh, okay, this, right. you know, Toronto scores. That one's good. Okay, you know, middle finger basically to, <laughs> to the officials. And then post-game, man, he was vintage Mo. you know, talking yeah. about their penalty kill, how good it was. They killed off nine and a half minutes in the second period and 4,000 penalty <laughs> minutes yeah. in the third. Oh, I love that guy. Yeah, he can when he gets when he gets rolling, like it's oh, it's a great miss. thing. Yeah. yeah, it's a great thing. Okay, we need a headline. Um are you here as the key main star analyst of the Rain Dregs Hockey Podcast to declare that Connor McDavid and the Edmonton Oilers are back? Oh, gee whiz. Yeah, that's a tough one. What's he got? Like <laughs> 12 points in three games or whatever. Yeah. Go out on a limb, Ray, and say yeah. that Connor is back. So, okay, so the the answer, of course, is yes. But I, I'm it, this is a really interesting topic. 
because it's it's not just McDavid, it's the Oilers. And we talked about this when they were, you know, trudging through the mud of their poor play that ended up costing Jay Woodcroft his job. Right or wrong, it, it cost him his job. Um, because there was going to be a point where Connor McDavid played more to what his regular game is, which is better than most everybody else's. There was going to be a time when Stu Skinner was going to be better than a 84% save percentage. There was going to be a time when their power play was going to get going again. Like it was going to be. So we hear all the time about, oh, somebody's going to regress to the mean. How about somebody climb out of the hole to the mean, to the average? Yeah. That that was going to happen. And so all this, you know, fire everybody, trade everybody, get rid of all these guys. A, you can't do it because you just can't. There's no way to do it. And B, some of it is as difficult as it is. You got to wait. You have to wait. Unless you think that somewhere between the end of last year and November the 15th that Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl forgot to, how to play hockey. Unless you think that was the case, I part of it was they just had to wait and hope to hell that their best guys started to play. And that's right. Look, look at what's happened now. It's you know Kane has seven goals in eight games. McDavid's yep. on this yep. incredible run. Dreisaitl really hasn't gotten red hot yet, and he's going to. Like that's mm-hmm. going to happen. Nurse has started to play more in the the way that he has to play. Evan Bouchard's kind of settled the freaking all over the place that he was playing and and Skinner's starting to play like an NHL goalie again. Yeah. So the results are are pretty obvious to see. Yeah, kind of a simple recipe, right? When everybody you always say this, right? When you when you identify individually what your job is, what your role is, and that's yeah. what you focus on, then when you're a good team, and Edmonton's a good team, the sum of the parts eventually does come together. And guess what happens, right? <laughs> you start right. winning some games. The, the, the toughest part is to, as we see, is to ignore or not get pulled into the slop. Right. When Because it, it always happens. few guys struggle, few more guys yeah. struggle. Then somebody tries to help to do more. They start to struggle, and pretty soon you can't beat anybody. Uh, let's wrap up headlines with just a look at, at some of the best teams that maybe aren't playing great. And we, we just talked about Edmonton on the rebound here. You've got the New York Rangers who, you know, as we're having this conversation on Thursday, are leading the National Hockey League right That now. was a hell of a game last night. By Wasn't the way. that a game last night? Oh, great game. You know, maybe they're not getting enough love. And, and right or wrong, <clears throat> it doesn't seem like they are because – not so quietly. I mean, you're 21 games in. You're past the quarter mark. We know what yeah. we're seeing now in the New York Rangers. This is a legit contending team. Uh, I am really impressed. And and I wonder, like, if, if you can if you can go or look past and say, maybe this is <clears throat> the way they're going to play yeah. the rest of the way. Last year felt off for mm-hmm. them. Two years ago felt like a, you know, like a, a lightning bolt. But this year they've done it. Uh, I think Jonathan Quick's got six wins in goal. Yeah. Who yeah. thought he had any game left? I didn't. <laughs> I'm 
man, I'm so impressed. Like he just refuses to quit. Mm-hmm. Their defense is really good. Their their top five in particular is really good. And <clears throat> excuse me, Gustafson's been a nice ad for them. Yeah. Up front, Panarin's been unbelievable. He has. Lafreniere is kind of slowly getting there, right? Like mm-hmm. yep. uh Zabana, they've done a lot of this without a great Zabana Jack. I think he's an unreal player. So it's not like they've been hitting it out of the park on all cylinders. No. They're a good team. They really are. Yeah. Um, Boston and and <clears throat> the, the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, I think that the Vegas Golden Knights is defending champions, <clears throat> and, and we'll wrap with this. Uh, I I think they, they do things the right way within that organization, mm-hmm. and maybe that's the experience of George McPhee and, and give Kelly McCrimmon some credit, and obviously the coaching of Bruce Cassidy and what he's brought to the equation there. But I know that they had lots of conversations coming into this season, right? Um, conditioning themselves mentally for what they were going to face. You know, as the defending <clears throat> champions, that it, you're not going wire to wire. Like, there are going to be mm-hmm. tough games. There are going to be, you know, slumps where for five, ten games maybe, you're not playing the way you need to play, but mm-hmm. you have to persevere. And you've got to get through it and then worry about the only thing that matters, the playoffs, right? And then the marathon yeah. and the grind that that is. So was it predictable for you that, that you know, Vegas would kind of find its way back in the pack and, and maybe the Boston Bruins too, given everything that the Bruins have been through in the last several months? Well, I'll, I'll start with Boston that uh, I, I just thought it was incredible. They were 14-1-3. Like, I'm like, how are they doing it? Uh, a little bit of smoke and mirrors and just amazing goaltending. So for them to come back, I, I'm not surprised. I think they're, look, they're not a team that's going to give up 17 goals in three games very often, but they're not a team that's going to win 14 out of 15 games either. They're, they're in the middle of that, right? Like they're a good team. They'll be a playoff team. They're better. I think than I thought they were going to be early. We'll see where their level is. Vegas is just so good. Um, I saw this phrase. It's about Carolina. And this phrase, I think, applies to to Vegas as well. So Carolina's got, they're 13 and 8. They got 26 points. Doesn't it feel like they're playing lousy? Yeah. Yeah. Right? So the phrase is, they're in a motivational dead zone. (laughs) And I'm like, it's so perfect because... Carolina is a great team, a really great team. They're going to be in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. No question. Vegas is the same thing. Of course, they're the Stanley Cup champions. But at a certain point, you just can't get your game to where it needs to be. Because as much as you tell yourself, hey, we got to be better, we got to be better, it's just not, you're not as desperate or as motivationally sharp as you need to be. Yeah. And I, I think probably Vegas is in that. I see they lost Shea Theodore for a while. He's yeah. he's a big part of their team, and there's going to be some ups and downs, man. The le- the year is just too bloody long for there not to be. Yeah, fair enough. Those are your headlines. Thank you to Tim Hortons. Tim's new non-alcoholic Bailey's-flavored holiday menu. Enjoy the classic taste of the holidays anytime with a creamy Bailey's-flavored latte. Celebrate the season with the taste of the holidays with Tim's new non-alcoholic Bailey's-flavored holiday menu.
A reminder, our interviews on Ray and Dregs are brought to us by Canadian Club Whiskey, who have introduced the first release of the Canadian Club Invitation Series, all the hallmarks of classic Canadian club with the added richness and sweetness of sherry. couple of questions. Ask Ray and Dregs anything. Yeah. A reminder, you can send us your questions on Twitter and Instagram at Ray and Dregs or on the website, rayanddregs.com. Mark Simon offers a bit of a confusing one here for us, Ray. Um, so I'm yep. going to do my best to try and make the point I think that Mark is trying to make. It's, it's about the double IHF and international play, and Mark has an idea. Um, he references the world, well, the men's world championship in May, right? We've been to it many times. Huge for the European countries, that goes without saying. His idea is this. Why doesn't the NHL work within a framework to create a B-on-B tournament? So he would have you push to have a D1 Worlds in September to allow it to fit before the NHL season starts. Um, I'm just, I don't think you'd get the NHL or the PA to go along with that, primarily because there's enough stress on the players, be it a B player or the best on best player. There's enough stress on these guys. Would you, would you agree? I mean, look, the double IHF meetings are happening right now in Zurich. And they're talking about all the issues that are still preventing all sides from signing off on the Olympics, right? There's no official international calendar in place. It's expected there'll be one. It's expected you'll have the, I'll call it the World Cup of Hockey in 25. It's not likely going to be called the World Cup of Hockey. Anyway, my point is I like the idea of more international play, more players involved. Logistically, do you see it? Do you see it happening beyond what we already know? No, because I, I think one thing that gets overlooked is the IIHF has to put on these tournaments, right? Yeah. The infrastructure, it just is not there to keep adding events. No. Because they have to put on Division Three World Championships and, you know, uh, up the up and down the ladder of both men's and women's events um, that they're responsible for to add another one, uh, just from the IIHF side, I just don't think the infrastructure is there to to add any more. No, no, I like I, I've talked about this before, and I think you like the idea, the U eighteen men's. So mm-hmm. um, the National Hockey League and USA Hockey have actually partnered, right? So the U eighteen men's is. I think it's going to happen in April. Maybe not this year, next year. They haven't identified the site yet. Obviously, it'll be yep. in, the, in, in the U.S. Um, but that creates more of a spectacle. I mean, you're not talking mm-hmm. about NHL players here. You're talking about uh, draft-eligible players. So, you know, again, it just it adds a little bit of flavor to that international scene. But it's, it's always a delicate one because of all the yeah. parties needed to, to be involved. Okay, one more here. Uh, Dryden Mortimer. Interesting name, named in fact mm-hmm. after Ken Dryden. Dryden. Oh, I like it. First name, Dryden. That's interesting. Now, okay, uh, so, so this guy's nickname's got to be Morty, doesn't it? <laughs> I, 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 we'll find out. Yeah. yeah it's hey, got to be Morty. It's got to be Morty. What else would it be? I don't know. Dry. Um, so I, I, I've got to paraphrase this question, too. It was a long one. Um, but an interesting one, and you'll like it from a TV perspective. Impressed by the reaction, more, you know, Morty is impressed by the reaction from broadcast trucks or studio productions. Um, 
and how it quickly we're able to support stories or topics on the fly with highlights past or present. So he's wondering how this works. You know, is there a massive library of, of footage that's collected and all that? And, and there is to a point. But so take us into that world. If you know you're doing, well, you're doing the, the Hurricanes game tonight yeah. as an example. So, you know, it's not a news flash that Aho or, you know, one of the great Carolina players um, has been impactful <laughs> during his right. time. So your producer would likely have a goals package of Sebastian sure. Aho or something. That's just the pre-production work that he does and that you do in concert with some of the story ideas that you may want to touch on over the course of that game. Right. So also uh, they played once this year and the Islanders had a three, nothing lead Carolina one, four, three. They'll probably, well, we will have a highlight pack of that game yeah. that we could drop in if something similar impacts right mm -hmm. like if say the islanders get a lead and carolina comes back we can say oh earlier in the year this happened yeah um so in the truck they have you know i don't know probably 15 or 20 stories that are packaged together mm -hmm. like a lot of things studios easier because you guys are in, you know it's all nice and nice and yeah. comfy and cozy yeah. and all that yeah they have a far bigger library like you guys have access uh, in the studio to just about anything, right? Yeah. And if you much. need it, if something happens in game, you could say to the producer, um, hey, can we dig this up? And then it's not like it used to be where everything was on tapes. Yeah. Now they just have to <clears throat> find it and in the, however it's cataloged and they can pull it up pretty quick. Yeah. I look, I mean, TSN, uh, ESPN for sure, cutting edge when it comes to this stuff, particularly in studio. But when I did games for NBC, um, they simplified it in studio where I and, and I brought the idea back to TSN and they kind of looked at me and said, yeah, whatever, buzz off. But the, the editor was actually in studio with us. So mm -hmm. Jonesy, Keith Jones and Mike Milbury would sit, the three of us would sit, watch the game on the big screen, but they could cut their highlight packs and their talking points with the editor while we're watching the game. So as cool. soon as the period ends, boom, click, <laughs> their video pack is sent yeah. off as opposed to old school where we're sitting watching the game in studio at TSN and we've got Sean Cameron, Puffy there, and he's marking all the talking points, but then has to take it away and, We've never been able to do that. So I don't know. I hope we answered Morty's question because that was a direct TV production question. That yep, it's uh, interesting. I, I think it's it's safe to say what you see on your TV, <laughs> there's about eight layers behind it. <laughs> and it's amazing it all gets to where it needs to get to. You know, like it, it really is pretty remarkable. It is, yeah. All right, buddy, you've got the game tonight uh, yep. and then heading back to uh, Vancouver. Yep, back back home for the weekend. And then yep. uh, on Tuesday, I've got a Canucks game and I probably should. Oh, you know what? Next oh. Tuesday is going to be fun. Uh, so I got Carolina Islanders tonight, fly back home. And Tuesday is uh, the Hughes Bowl in Vancouver. That's as, right. Uh, New Jersey and Vancouver uh, playing and. All three Hughes boys will be on the ice, which is uh, pretty incredible. That'll be fun. Oh, it'll be a good one. All right. Well, I'm uh, heading to Seattle 
um, for the Board of Governors meeting. So nice. this will be that rare occasion where the next episode of the Ray and Dregs podcast, I'll actually be working on Pacific time. So you, Zuby, Ryan Rashog, you guys are, you know, I'll, I'll feel oh. the pain if we have to tape early on. on oh, but all of a sudden you're going to say, what about a little later? How about a little later? Yeah. You'll see. You'll see. <laughs> <clears throat> All right, buddy. Have a good game and uh, yep. safe travels back to Vancouver. Yep. Same to you. Have a good week uh, weekend, everybody. Thanks for listening, and uh, we'll check in again next week. You've been thanks to our sponsors who continue to support Ray and Driggs, our title sponsor, Canadian Club Whiskey, and Tim Hortons. And as always, thank you for rating, for listening, for sharing the podcast, and for following us on the Ray and Driggs YouTube channel. Until next time, stay safe, everyone. <laughs>